out before we open the room up for questions. So I know Paul often talks about page 64. I found myself drawn to page 62 and 63, so I'm going to read from there. So, okay, so starting on page 62, uh, here we go. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is a principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We are reborn. We are now at step three. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, to build with thee, and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, but victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We fought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we expressed the idea, voicing it without reservation. This was only beginning, but if we honestly and humbly made, but if honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. So with that, I'll pass it over to Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Rich, and thanks, uh, Michael and Rich and everyone who set up and hold, keep holding this space here. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah, this is from How It Works, and obviously it's how it works. Yeah, so. <laughs> I didn't, I, my pages of the book are a little missing. So I just, I couldn't pick up on what you were reading till I figured it out. But uh, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Okay, so that seems to be pretty important. If you're in a linear process called recovery, the 12 steps, and somewhere in the book, it says first, that means this is the requirement that's going to be able to fulfill the other requirements necessary in the big book as you go through the process. Yeah. So there's being convinced of a couple of many things, but first uh, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. So now this was my experience. Let's say unbeknownst to me, I'm in the act of being identified as self. 
I'm just living as if I'm a self already. Yes, I don't know any better. I think all the thoughts are mine, the feelings I'm having are mine. The things I have done were volitional and I made a choice. And therefore, I'm, I own all this shit. And really, most of my life was trying not to own this shit. Yeah, that's why. When I got loaded, I became, my family didn't expect much from me. And that's what I really wanted, was not to be expected much from. But here, so, so I hear this thing. And then it sounds like I've got to quit playing God. Wow. I am clear that it didn't work. But the how the hell am I going to quit playing God? uh <laughs> unless i'm not that which is playing god yeah now if i'm not because if i am that which is playing god and i set out on a course to quit playing god that's playing god yes is that an example or isn't it an example of playing god if I set out on a course to quit playing God while playing God, that's playing God. Tell me, how are you going to get out of that? Yeah. So the real freedom for me, because I got relieved from the drinking and the using, and I got a way of life that allowed a lot of shit uh, that was obscuring uh, or obstructing or causing obstacles in my life to be removed. But the freedom from the bondage of self, of course, the bondage, uh, a lot of the iron chains be turned into silver or gold chains. So the bondage was much more comfortable, but there was still a state of being bonded to self because I was constantly calling self's manifestations as mine. Yeah. So I was still bonded to this idea. And then one day I had the great privilege to lead workshops on the fourth step when I was about 30 years sober and, and then onward. So around the 60 or so, I was reading how it works because that's basically contains the instructions of the fourth step and the spirit of the third step. So uh, I saw that on page 64, being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, which I think is the declaration of the exact nature of the wrong. So I saw self as other, just didn't try to see it as other. I just saw it as foreign. Uh, and it felt much more correct than my idea that I did all this shit and I chose to drink and I chose to fuck up and I manufacture my own misery and I'm the source of the problem. I just, that just wasn't ringing true for me. So I saw that something foreign to me had taken over me, supposedly. And as soon as I saw this, and I mean saw with mind's eye, not saw visually, but in awareness, uh, that a possibility appeared, which is I can be free from it. And then because that possibility appeared, it told me why it wasn't, it hadn't been appearing. Yeah, because I was trying to be free as self. So I was in this fundamental loop of that which is playing God, trying to quit playing God. It just didn't work, yes? So, so. <laughs> so I see it. 
possibility. I can be free from it. Why? Because it's not me. That's the whole basis of the new possibility of being free from it was based on it's not me. Yeah, this is the whole spirit of this uh, this presentation every week for years and years and years. That's the spirit of it. Yeah. So as soon as it showed me it was foreign, and I could I entertain the idea I can be free from it. It gave me a quick review of uh, my life from about six on to the present day of that day, and it basically didn't have to touch on many examples. The theme was obvious. I was a trying to get out of self as self, exactly like our community talks about, yeah? That many of us are gonna get caught in this net in recovery, in recovery of self trying to get out of self. And that is the further bondage of self, yeah? So freedom is used to bond you to the idea of the one who wants to be free, which could be self. What? Yeah. So now freedom, liberation is being used to bind me. Yeah. Awakening in some groups, they would have been better that they never heard the word awakening. They'd have a better Thursday if they didn't hear that word because they're constantly judging themselves with this conceptual idea of, of awakening and not being awake. And then enlightenment is even worse. I mean, people... <laughs> are just beating the hell out of themselves with, I should be enlightened by now or whatever, yeah? It's insane. So whatever is going on, the this idea of self will use it to reinforce the bondage of self. So your spiritual progress, your spiritual path may be reinforcing the self, not destroying it. That's the dilemma, yeah? So this is why I love where it says, we abandon ourselves to God. What is it that abandons ourselves? It's not self, obviously. Something abandons ourselves as other, really, to God. Yeah? You can abandon a car because you're not a car. You cannot abandon you. Yeah? So you turn over something that you call you as not you to this higher power. I abandon myself, the self that has defeated me. I abandon it finally. And I do the working steps to give some fuel and some muscle to that decision. Yes. And the spiritual awakening is really being relieved from the bondage of self. So the mental, the mental condition diminishes and then us, then another unsuspected condition becomes very influential and we call it a spiritual condition, yeah? Let's just say it's not a mental condition, that's all. So this new condition that was always available at all times becomes quite influential through the workings of the program. But what's, what's the grace of the program aren't the steps, but the higher power, yeah? So the higher power directs growth through the steps, directs change through the steps, and that's growth, yes? So now we're moving towards the infinite and in a, in a weird way, moving away from the finite self. From the finite self, it's not the finite self moving away from the finite self. It's you moving away from the finite self. You've now recognized self as other than you, and now you can move away from it. 
before identified as it, you've been trying to move towards something as it. That's been the drag of your spiritual fucking practices. It's that which doesn't want to go. <laughs> You're trying to make something that already takes itself to be something. It doesn't want to be, unless it can be, have everyone adore it and shit. Yeah, it will. It'll sign up for that. But it wants to experience its own absence. It wants to be there to get it. This is not how it works, I, in, humbly. Yeah. So we lose interest in self. That's the requirement. You as self cannot lose interest in self. That's interest in self. Yeah. You, if you're that which is playing God, cannot quit playing God, that would be a sign of playing God. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. So you can quit that which is playing God. Yeah. Maybe they should have thrown the that in there. It would have been clearer. You could quit that which is playing God with the help of this program, this way of life, and of course, the direction of another power. Yeah. So it goes on and on. Where, where is this here? So the first requirement. And then the next they talk about the spirit of AA, which is surrender or abandoning the self. Not in a giant, you know, fucking movie scene on a cliff with your hair being blown and then your previous girlfriends and your expected girlfriends are looking at you adoringly because you're surrendering no you just write an inventory yeah you just start step four four through nine and that will fuel the punch you need to knock out this bondage of self and now the better way will be accessed and activated, and you'll be moving towards the infinite. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So self is what has defeated us. You have not defeated you. Self has defeated us. It's quite different. Yeah. If you keep calling self's manifestations yours, you're in the act of being defeated by self. It's the clearest diagnosis. I don't give a damn what you talk about your spiritual fucking clarity. If you're calling resentments yours, you're in the act of being identified as self. Yeah, because a resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life, not yours. Yeah, so all the clarity of all this, I don't care. Look at the premise. The premise is our resentment and fears and harms doing done to others in the pursuit of what you want. Are they manifestations of self in one's life or are they your manifestations? Yeah. The book says they're manifestations of self. If you want to keep calling them yours, to me, that's the bondage of self. And the bondage of self, how we are defeated is by its manifestations. Yeah, there you go. So we may be defeated right today because we're not seeing a resentment. We're holding it as my resentment. Yeah. And when you hold it as my resentment, you can breathe life into it for 40 freaking years. A resentment like everything else has a nature of coming and going. <laughs> you get pissed off at exit 33. By exit 35, you've forgotten it. But my resentment, you'll pull over, have a fight, go to jail for three years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So 
then it goes on and on, whatever, you know, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles. What selfishness, self-centeredness, identification as self. I mean, why are you in so much fear today? Self-reliance has failed you. What? Identification as self. <laughs> yes. I would say self is probably the most used word in the book, really, probably. I don't know. I've never counted it all. But it sure seems to be something. It has some role. And I don't think we're a self. I don't. I mean, if it says abandon yourself, how could the self abandon itself? It'd still be there. Yeah. But we must be something other than self. So to be able to abandon it, I just don't. I mean, we used to drive around and say, Fran, you know, fucked up. We'd have like a $50 car. Uh, DMV wasn't that good, the Demo Department of Motor Vehicle. They weren't all hooked up. We'd ram it into a tree. We would abandon that car. We would just walk away, walk down, down to the mission or somewhere. Fuck, you know, forget the car. No one would know who owned it. We'd get towed. I abandoned things like that quite a lot. I abandoned people who I was trying to act like I liked them until I found out they had no cocaine. I abandoned them in a second. Yeah. I'm quite good at abandoning things, but you're not going to abandon a thing that you're identified as. You're going to, it's, it's, you know, if you believe you're the car, you don't have the possibility of stepping out of the car. Yeah. When I was believing in self, I could only entertain being free as self. This is about recognizing you're not the car, so to speak. So then a new possibility appears. These doors I can open and leave. I can get out. Yeah. And you will have a freedom. And the freedom will verify this possibility. It's as simple as that. You'll have the correct diagnosis of the problem from the relief that the solution offers. You will. And here you are passing it on. Hopefully, I don't, you know, I've lost any interest in, in the dogs in the hunt. I don't care. I'm compelled to share whatever, how it works. Great. If it produces a little lightness in your life, fantastic. But I do believe you have the right to hear this idea. Yeah, I do. So if you like it, run with it, man. Do an inventory, five-minute one. Instead of calling them your resentment, see them as a resentment, as a manifestation of self. And I bet you it's going to promote a traveling lighter through this life, not promote a bondage of self through this life. Yeah. And to me, that I feel makes us of maximum use, really. If you're present and available, you'll be of service. It's just that symptom. And I don't see present and available as conditions we achieve. I truly believe they're our inherent condition. I believe we have never been out of any moment we've been in, ever. Yeah. We are it. Yeah. And if if there's going to be anything available, it's going to be us because we're always here. <laughs> we're and if you don't believe you're the director, you will be used by the new employer. You will be directed. And it will probably bring out the best in your ass and probably bring out the best in the people you meet. So hallelujah. Yeah. So I don't know what the rest of the page did. I'm confused with my.
Whatever, you get the drift, eh? Yeah. Look at page 64 if you're new here. Third paragraph, read the, read the being convinced self-manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah, we are now going to look at self's manifestation, its manifestations. The next paragraph is resentment. It's as clear as day, the diagnosis. Resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life. Why are you calling them yours? Be interesting to follow that question. Why are you calling them yours? Don't you think you own a resentment, it owns you? You own fear, it owns you. You own a thought, the thought can own you. We're giving something away without knowing it. And that which we give away imposes shit on us. Yeah. We give it all the power it seems to wield. Yeah. So. Oh, yes. All right, Rich. Anyone? Thanks, Paul. Yeah, anyone, any questions, just raise your virtual hand, or if you don't want to speak, you can always put a question in the chat box and I can read that out for you. But yeah, Paul, I was just, I was just thinking as I was listening to you, I, what I often find is I hear a ranting in my head, and if I engage with that ranting in any way, um, that's it, I'm done for, but if I can move on and forget about it and do something else, something useful. Sometimes, yeah. Yes, better. and there'll be more moving away and less engagement. That's recovery progresses, just like they talk about the disease progresses. I believe recovery progresses. Yeah, I wish it progressed quicker, but yeah, it's a start. Well, so, yeah. so, so does everybody. And then uh, it's another... Sometimes, you know, they say perfect is the enemy of the good, yes? So this idea of having it, it perfect causes you not to be able to appreciate the good. There's been a whole lot of good that's been brought about in this life, yes? And I have a lot of freaking gratitude about it. Yeah. And I've given up hoping it would speed up. I don't care, really. I remember when I came into AA, I was in the instant gratification camp. I used to shoot Coke and immediately, as soon as I put the Coke in and the water and stirred it, I got the shot in two seconds, right to the brain and the heart. Yeah. I come in to AA and AA is about processes. There's beginnings, middles and ends. And I thought, what the fuck? I just, I just wanted, uh, I wanted to be very compact. And the funny thing is, after a few months, I didn't care if there was an end. I was just caught in the joy of the process. Yeah, it was great. It really was the process of being sober a day at a time. Yeah, and uh, I feel like one of our suggestions is get out of the outcome business. Yeah. It's hard to uh, enjoy what's now if it's compared to what it could be. It's just an insane ruler to measure a life by. I admit I can't stop it, and then something seems to stop it over time. Yeah, yeah. I admit I cannot stop judging. I don't 
not, I do not try to stop judging. I admit I cannot stop judging, and then I lose interest in the judgments. I just do, yeah? This is how it's worked with, with me. You may work another way. I'm just sharing the way it worked with me. I was completely confused when people say, well, just stop judging when the whole day is based on judgment. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, or like they used to say, why don't you just stop drinking? Yeah, I wish I could. Yeah. These things are insane orders that you'd rather avoid. But when you admit your powerlessness, when you meet your, your complete defeat, when you meet, admit, admit you're outmatched, things change, yeah? And it's not like you stop judging, you just lose interest in listening to all the judgments because you're listening to something else. It may be silent, it may be quiet, but it can be quite deafening in you and it reverberates, yeah? And it's just a you're moving out of, of a gravitational field, a mental gravitational field of self-obsession, and you're gonna get caught by the other gravitational field of the infinite sooner or later. And then uh, it's gonna be like, you're gonna be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. That's an expression of an experience in the gravitational pull of the infinite. That's what it feels like, yeah? You're placed somewhere, you had nothing to do with it, yeah? And no thought or effort produced it. That becomes more and more how things go because you're leaving a fucking gravitational pull of density and movement and begrudging and resistance into a much uh, more smooth current, so to speak. And you start traveling lighter through the same terrain, yeah? Not that everything's going to get great, but whatever life has in store for you, you travel lighter through. What more do you want than that? Yeah. If you want to see it as a sentence that you're going to live 80 years or a joy or an incredible experience packed vacation for 80 years, it is going to come to an end. Yeah. And there seems to be a movement and you go through a lot. So if I'm going through a lot every day and there's a lot of days, an incredible value would be traveling lighter through all this shit I have to go through a lot. <laughs> I just don't see, it's the most valuable aspect you can have here. If you're in this journey or this sentence or this vacation or this whatever, you're moving, yes? You move through situations, you wake up, there's situations more, and on and on. And you see, after time, the greatest value would be having an ability to travel lighter through all this. And I don't have that ability. It's there, but I can't access it. Hallelujah. Because something will. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. That's... Um... Yeah, that's a lot to take in. I'm going to have to re-listen to that. But yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Thank it you. It doesn't matter, bro. You're doing great. Yeah. You don't need its agreement. Life's good. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. You show up. You take care of your family. You're doing everything. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the head's the head. The less interest in it, the better, in a sense. You don't... Like we were talking yesterday, when I first started giving the talks, 
Uh, I was living in, well, before, but at a period of time, I was living in Australia. And I remember watching some science thing and they were talking about the brain, you know, produces like 80,000 thoughts a day or something like that. And my life, my career or what my job was painting houses. Yeah. So painting houses, you know, I never walked into a room and really was surprised. They usually would be a ceiling, walls, windows, doors, trim. Yeah. So and then I could assess, I need two gallons to do this, two coats, yes. And then maybe think about where I can get a blueberry muffin and a latte at break. And then, you know, maybe to do a, a day of Paul as a house painter, maybe 30 thoughts, really, 30, 40 thoughts. What are the other 69,800 shit thoughts doing? They've got, you know, here in nature, everyone thinks there's a purpose for everything. Well, what is the purpose of all those thoughts? Yeah, I know I could travel quite well with maybe 30 a day. <laughs> those thoughts are being used to reinforce the idea of being a self. You're thought about <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Things you did years ago are being gone over once again today. <laughs> it just piles on, piles on. And because to make something seem to be so that isn't takes a lot of fucking work. It takes a lot of thoughts to imagine you as the thinker. It does. It, yes, takes a lot of thoughts. <laughs> you got to be pounded by this propaganda until you fucking give up and just surrender to it and then just be led by the nose where you don't even know if you had a good day while you were living in the day you get to it tells you at eight o'clock at night if it was a good or bad day it's insane and then we believe it oh i had a bad day <laughs> you don't see that as you don't see that as a slavery Do you need a lot of thoughts when you're at the ocean? It's a warm day, no threat. There's no shark fins and there's no waves. You just jump in. Thoughts are unnecessary. They don't need to be there. You'd like to drown them, really, when you jumped in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just an excessive narration of a simple life. <laughs> uh. You're not going to stop them, but you can lose interest in them because they're not your thoughts. That's what's holding the interest is they, they're presented as the being about you. They are about a you, but that you ain't you. Yeah. If you had Stanley's thoughts, I bet you, you would probably only listen to about 25 of them. The other 70, 69,000 would just go in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> you ready for a question, Paul? I am, I guess, yeah. You know, I should Andy. question everyone here. Yeah, here's a question I have for, let's say, one of you. Tell me why do you see that looking at page 64, I don't care if you agree or not, does it seem to say that we, the manifestations of self is what has defeated us? And I would say we're in the us camp, not the self camp. And 
if you're convinced of that, we are now going to look at its, meaning selves, not you, its common manifestations. And the next paragraph, there's a very little bit of white between the one word ends and then resentment appears. Resentment is the number one offender. Yeah, resentment. It doesn't say my resentment. Resentment. Can't you see the, the, the connection between resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life? And if you do see that, why are you keep calling them yours? There's a question for all of you. My virtual hand is up. Yes. My, my hand should be up the whole freaking meeting. I should be asking you questions. Yeah. Have you done an inventory that resentments were seen as yours? And can you do a little example of an inventory with resentments seen as resentment? Have ever, all of you done it? Yeah. If you have, then you can ask questions. If you don't, you can't. Because that's it. You want the proof in the pudding. It's not through an answer from me. It's through your own recognition of it. Put it down. See. Do you see... Is fear, uh, is fear an effect of reliance on self? There's another question. Just go to page 67. The big book, the people who wrote it say it is. So isn't it because self-reliance has failed you that we're in fear right now? Yeah, there's the diagnosis. All right, so yeah, whoever. Andy S., would you like to unmute yourself? As long as you've done what Paul said. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Uh, <laughs> There's no requirement, but it would be nice. Yes, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, that's a trippy shirt. It's got me tripping about this whole thing. Um, the, uh, I see it, I see it as a, as a parasite, as a, as a, uh, as not, not me. But do you ever wonder where it came from? Or if it had an origin, it's like a, you know, it's like demonic possession. What, what's it about? I don't see it as a, I don't see it as a real condition. So I believe it's an appearance. So I'm not part, interested in its origins. Right. Part of the manifestation. It's an appearance. It's, it's the way we're looking at things. Uh, we see things that aren't there. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if the dreaming, you never, it's like, you know, in the dreaming in the matrix, the people are just in a pod. Yeah. That something is using the energy of their life force to, to project a big movie. They're not doing anything. They're just laying there. Yeah. Well, here, I believe we're dreaming. Yeah. I do not believe like you as an object believe you're the one that was dreaming at night. I think the awake dreaming is of you as an object. Yes, I do, humbly. And in, in dreaming, anything can happen. Whatever could be imagined or whatever could seem to be so. It can appear to be so. So we're in certain conditions that a lot of false evidence or things that aren't real appear to be real to us. And what we want to do is admit that because AA will produce a new condition in the Petri dish. Let's say 
you find that what's how everything is being seen and projected is through an acidic Petri dish, so to speak. I can't change that acidity, but maybe if I tell the truth about it and do some simple stuff and live a day at a time, then maybe over time, the acidity will be turned into an alkaline dish and the alkaline dish will not be a house or a nice a home for what used to grow in the acidic condition, yeah? So you're gonna outgrow a lot of shit, yeah? By the basis of our lives. And this is what AA does. It gives us the new basis. The basis we're in is trusting the infinite rather than the old basis of trusting finite self. That's it. And now you're going to have new attitudes and outlooks, new this, new that. It's it's allowing the basis to change. It's yeah. beautiful. And it keeps us busy with service and community and the day at a time for that to occur. Yes? And then what happens is you outgrown the, the previous conditions that was rife and giving life to resentments and anxiety and shit like that. And now that shit's not growing well in the new basis. Yeah. So now you're free in a sense based on something changing. Yeah. That you couldn't change. And that's the beauty of it. Our, our point of power is admitting powerlessness. That's the point of power here. That's the access of power for an addict and an alcoholic is to admit they're fucked, yeah? To outmatch, can't pull it off, not managerial quality, whatever. Yeah? And in that sense, then something fills, fills that vacuum that was filled with all this mental minutia. And there's some juice now. And perhaps there's a better way becomes a living event. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that better way? Trusting the infinite. What does it look like? Not trusting the thoughts. That's what it looks like, tell you the truth. <laughs> not listening, you know, hearing the head, but not following its directions. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. You lose interest in self. You lose faith in self. And you gain faith in spirit, let's say. And it starts showing it how you travel and life will change. Your life may not change on a grand scale. It can. It doesn't matter. But how you travel through it is going to be quite different. And maybe your new basis is going to be contentment and satisfaction instead of irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Because that is that acidic Petri dish likes to have chaos. It, it keeps that acid going. Yes? It does. So... That's how I see it. I don't believe. Uh, I think we're really the camera of the dreaming, tell you the truth. Yeah. And the object that we think is the dreamt. I do not believe this is what we really are. I believe this is something that's appearing that we're identified as humbly. Yeah. But that's, that's for another day. That really doesn't matter here. What matters is is to see what ails you, yeah? And to name it correctly. Instead of calling it you, maybe call it self. And I think you're gonna go a lot better calling it self than keep living it as if, as if it's you. I truly believe it. It's a profound difference that allows, allows a lot of shit to grow. Yeah, so. 
Thank you. Thanks. Does that help with the whatever close to answering question? Yeah, totally. It's like, uh, you know, even caring about the origin of it all is that's still part of the manifestation. I feel so. It's yes. just all more. Yeah. It's like the guy who becomes a professor of holes, but keeps falling in them. I don't see the purpose of the knowledge. I don't, I really truly believe we are such an important player as what we represent where when self-knowledge, when there's a self that's claiming to have the knowledge, that will avail you nothing. So you'll, you'll know you're fucked, but you'll still be fucked, yes? But then there's knowledge of self that's valuable as hell. Yeah? You have the same words almost. It's just the emphasis is different. One is self is first, then there's knowledge. That will avail you nothing. Then knowledge comes first and self is third and that's valuable. Yeah? How, why? But it really is. the Knowledge, knowledge and self are in both little statements. One, it avails you nothing. One, I think, is quite valuable. It's the emphasis, isn't it? The head is emphasizing self all the fucking time. It puts self as the one who's experiencing everything, thinking everything, doing, not doing, this and that. It constantly puts it in a point of eminence that it doesn't, it can't with it can't handle, first of all. Yeah. So when you see it from what you really are, it gets right-sized. Yes. So some people say, well, it's a part of you. Okay, let's say it's a part of you, but it thinks it's all of you. So you better look at it as a part of you because it's going to look at itself as all of you. Yeah? Yeah. So, all right. Anyone else, Mike and stuff? Or Richard? Yeah, thanks for your question, Andy. Um, yeah, uh, Zoom user, I'm guessing that's not your real name. Uh, if you'd like to unmute yourself. Yeah. It's Dana, I think. Dana. Yeah, Dana, thank you. Um, I've spent 43 years in sobriety on, in chaos because I believed in self. And it's a miracle that I found you because it's changing my entire outlook. And, and it's, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm starting to enjoy my life. Right. And, and that's a miracle. And I thank you so much. See, this is what AA gives us, though. It softens that rigidity and we're open. Yeah. And things can be turned around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't you feel like with the bondage of self, it becomes arthritic over time? It doesn't bend, it breaks. It's just, uh, it can't fit itself around circumstances. It has to keep trying to fit circumstances around it. And it just gets too much. It starts cracking and breaking, yeah? It's a failed system. So it's not, it's not, it's no big right or wrong. We expected it to work, but it's, its nature is to fail, really. Yeah, it's myopic. It can't see past its nose. It sees everything as how it pertains to it. <laughs> That's what self-centeredness does. Yeah? How are we going to swim in this vast ocean protecting that little island? It just doesn't work. 
Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much. I'm happy. Uh, yeah. All power to that power. Yes. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. You have it by giving it away. And I'm a real believer. You don't have it to give it away. If you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. That's my, that's my experience. Yeah. I walked into places from my own judgment. I was not equipped or, or spiritual or nice enough to deliver something. And yet something would be delivered no matter what I thought my condition was. Yeah. I learned over time that this thing that's moving through us doesn't really take you and me into consideration. When it wants to use you, it'll use you. You don't have to have the right dress or be super clear or be anything. Just be willing. Willing to be used, it's going to use you. And that's the joy of it, really. That's the purpose of life, in my sense, as a recovered addict and alcoholic, is to be used. Yeah, Because I had basically was using or attempting to use everyone I ever met. And it's nice to be in the other position being used by such a powerful, wonderful, incomprehensible force. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. 43 Thanks. years, and it's never too late, you see. <laughs> uh. Thanks right. for your question. Was it Dana? Thank you very much. Um, you're going to get well used today, Paul. Uh, a couple more questions for you. Uh, Greg from Minneapolis, would you like to unmute yourself? Hey, Paul. Hey, hey Greg. Uh, uh, um, uh, hey, could you speak more? I, um, so I was trying to do NLP, and a lot of times when I hear the message, I think that how, because uh, you're talking about how the linguistics uh, change, you know, mind versus just resentment. And, and that's where it really became apparent. And even more so because we're actually going through with Christian right now through the fourth step uh, in a group. And uh, um, could you speak more about the, like, like the difference between like, you know, my my car my wife my money versus you know the wife the car the money and how that changes the energy within a person yeah or yeah. the effects please yes yes thank you greg yeah yeah when we were first uh doing this in recovery we used to have a blackboard in the room we were in and uh we'd always just use a simple example of, of uh something's going on so and we would uh, somebody has something on there but we would put three words up on the chalkboard money uh, uh relationship health let's say and everyone would look at it and of course it would trigger some feeling small or large and then we were going to change the meaning of the word without changing any letter in the word. And we're going to change it drastically in some cases and just put my in front of it. So I always used to use the idea of I wish everyone here to have a lot of money 
but I don't want you to have any of my money. Yeah. So the attitude's quite different when the my precedes the money. Well, I'm telling you that my precedes a lot of shit. <laughs> and so a lot of shit is seen through the lens of my. And really, in most cases, you're actually not seeing the shit. You're seeing it through the lens of my. Yeah. Now, you may not be able to stop that shit, but you could question that sense of my around it. Yeah. And I saw a huge, I remember one of the first uh, real waves of relief I got was in the first few months of AA, I felt before I didn't, but, but things, I started becoming aware of certain things. And one of them was a, a very strong sense of terminal uniqueness very thick shell of uh, contempt of prior to investigation about a lot of what I was hearing because I believed fervently that no one had my thoughts. No one did what I did. No one felt like I did. Yet I listened to people and they sure sounded like they had my thoughts and they did the same thing I did and they felt quite a lot like I felt. And I came to a moment where uh, how can these be my thoughts if everyone has them? Yes, it just became obvious that the ownership of the thoughts was bogus because everyone seemed to be having the same thoughts I was having. And so I started to see a large chunk of the stream in the head as alcoholic. And what happened is the thoughts moved away and I stayed, whatever I am, I didn't move with the thoughts. So the thoughts stripped from the idea of mine moved and I had a lot more space and more distance so I could actually see the thoughts. Yeah. And maybe realize some of them are false evidence before they started to appear real. Yeah. So the thoughts got moved out. I didn't. Yeah. I was still exactly where I always am, which is right now at all times. And then there was a lot of room to breathe and move with that thought. And then life just kept providing more information that basically all the thoughts are not my thoughts. Yeah. And so I got, I started to get a lot of relief from where the problem resides, which is the head. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> Einstein said it, many other people, Einstein said, you, what's, what, you can't go to the system that's causing the problem to solve the problem. Yeah, you have to find it from outside the system. So uh, you can't think yourself out of thinking, so to speak. So this idea kept growing. And then I started realizing what's producing the relationship with all the thoughts is the thinker, the idea of I'm a thinker. And then that got questioned. And I started to have a lot of relief from thoughts. And so a lot of the broadcasting of uh, K-Paul uh, missed its mark. And a lot of the false evidence just went out the window and never got a chance to appear real because they can only appear real with my consent. Yes. And the head is truly trying to manufacture consent. It is. It wants you to concede to the fact that false evidence is real. It does. And we're in the habit of doing 
going with that, going with it, that. And then we're left, the only thing we're left with is we have to master skillful means to get a little relief here and there. This is a different kind of relief. We're talking about relief from thoughts as not being the thinker. Yeah, this is not about trying to have good thoughts or manicuring them or landscaping them. It's losing interest in the thoughts because you're not the thinker. Yeah. Yes. This is the whole mechanism of the message. You lose interest in the feeling, the feeler, and then the feelings are apt to come and go much easier. Yes. It's just the way it goes. And then obviously the real bondage of self and how it uses the past is that you were the doer of tons of shit that you were compelled to do. Like it talks about in uh, the book, you were driven by a hundred forms. That doesn't sound like you were the driver. Sounds like you were the car. You were driven by a hundred forms of fear. You, 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 fell, you fell upon a self-imposed situation. That doesn't mean you imposed it, self-imposed it, yeah? So now you have eyes to see things differently. Wait a minute. Self is what has defeated me. I have not defeated me. <laughs> I have not defeated me. Self has defeated me is hugely different than the habit of thinking that I have done it. Yeah. So it was obvious in my life, looking at what I did when I was out there using, that I would never have come up with those decisions ever. Something drove me to those those consequences, yes? And I feel, to me, alcoholism is a parasite that amplifies the inherent addiction of self, yeah? So the addiction of self, the head's addiction to self, mutates to a point where something grows on it called alcoholism or addiction, which amplifies a lot of qualities of self, sort of, let's say, like jealousy. You have a little strain of being jealous. You drink and use, you're up on stalking charges. So it amplifies shit. Yeah. I do not believe alcoholism stands on its own. I think it grows in something called obsession with self, tell you the truth. I think that's where addiction and alcoholism, because the uncomfortability of the obsession with self drives us to get relief. So some people do it through food, sex, making money, drugs, alcohol. You know, it just, it just compels people to try to get out of something they're actually not in. Yeah. So I don't think that's alcoholism. You had a bondage of self that was causing a discomfort. And actually your solution to that was drinking, let's say. And then there was a point where you crossed the line. I was not born an alcoholic. I thought I was, but I wasn't. I remember because they talk about heavy user. So really I was a heavy user. And when I was introduced to a spiritual group, wanting to know God was a sufficient enough reason to keep to stop me from using and drinking for five years, from 20 to 24. I may have had three Heinekens maybe, yeah? But then something happened. I got disappointed in that pursuit. I went back and started using. Then I lost any ability. There was not gonna be anything that would be mean sufficiently enough to stop me from using. So I crossed the line, but I started already in the bondage of self. 
I crossed the line and then I entered alcoholism and addiction, yeah? I believe the real addiction is the mental addiction to the idea of being the thinker, the doer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, pictured as a long lasting, independent, separate thing. Yeah, I believe that ideation is just fucking off the charts. And it, it compels us to seek relief, even if it's just for a second and become willing to pay any consequence tomorrow just to get that little bit of relief now, yeah? I don't believe alcoholism produces that. I actually believe alcohol was a solution to that at one point and drug use and shit, I did. And then it got absorbed in the bog of self. <laughs> yeah, but that's my opinion. That's how I see it, yes? I do really do not believe uh, the problem in alcoholism is alcohol. I, I think it's the underlying bondage of self, obviously. Yeah. If you were, let's say, I, the most extreme thing I ever adored or loved in this life was probably cocaine. Yeah. I would do anything pretty much for a shot of coke and stuff like that. And I surrendered everything. I lived for it. It's payoff cost ratio sucked. The payoff was quite minimal and the cost was unbelievable. But I was a great devotee. And you know what? Not at, not at any time, even after 10 days of being up, did I ever think I was cocaine. Never, never even got close to that. There was always a, a deep line between Paul and cocaine. I believe the drug of the mental state is Paul. Yeah. I believe there was a crossing a line. I'm calling the drug me. Yeah. How can the drug stop taking the drug? It can't, yeah. I really believe the identification as self is the drug. Self is the drug. And then we're talking about tons of shit. Yeah, trying to get relief for the drug as the drug. I mean, it's insane to me, truly. Yeah, it explains why nothing fucking really works. And everyone has to keep synthesizing method methodologies it can't just be buddhism it's got to be radical buddhism radical extreme buddhism and then let's mix it with some tantra and some foot massages and shit like that it just goes on and on and on yeah it's not gonna work with you in it yes so there you go all right rich Thanks, Paul. You, you uh, got time for one last question? Yeah, I, I'm not going anywhere, I don't think. So go ahead. Uh, good stuff. Jason, would you like to unmute yourself? Hey, Paul. Good to see you today, man. I love what you're saying here. Um, I just have kind of a, what I think, kind of a humorous story about the, the, the my connection. I was uh, working in a retail store when it was a long time ago. I was working in some retail store and some customer came on in and said, hey, you know, there's someone out in the parking lot that 
driving kind of recklessly and they smashed into one of the cars in the parking lot. I said, oh, that's too bad. They said, yeah, it's your car. I went, what? <laughs> the whole thing changed in an instant. <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly. There's tons of those things. There's so much yeah. value in just living life, if you can read it. It's all in the tea leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it is, really. I mean, so much meaning is being given all day through us. And it's it's like open borders. We have no idea that the drug dealer is distributing the information <laughs> to support its... <laughs> it just blows my mind, really. It really does. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking about in, in what you're talking about today is this change of perceiving of who I am from being all these thoughts to being not all these thoughts. I don't even I don't even have to know who I am. I just not all these thoughts. It's like it seems strikes me as that's a, for me, that's not an instantaneous thing. It seems like I have to always see that the first thought is that's my thought and then come back and go, but it's not my thought. So like I, I had a, you know, I do 10 steps throughout the day, just, just paying attention at what's going on. And I caught some, I observed some selfishness uh, and I actually made amends to the person afterwards. And then I thought just now in light of our conversation, I was saying that was me being selfish, which is real different from saying, you know, self is manifesting as selfishness in that moment. It seems to me that it's just an ongoing day labor kind of thing. And, and maybe something shifts eventually where you're just completely free of that. I don't know. If, if you are, shift. I'm not there yet. Yeah. It will shift and it may be gradual. So you'll be, you'll dream yourself out of the dreaming all the while seemingly in the dreaming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's going to gradually go uh, in that progressive manner. Yes. Yeah, is yeah. yeah, because yeah. you 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 recognize something and then the mind expands on it. So let's say you get one example and then you see feel like you've got to be like vigilant to watch. And then after maybe 20 examples, there's sort of a leap where it gets the principle. So it doesn't mm -hmm. have to, the security guard gets relieved. Yeah. And now there's a knowing in you. Uh, that doesn't have to be matched with a knowing up here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the knowing here really replaces the skillful means trying to be used up here. I don't know if you can see me, but Thank yeah, you. the knowing, uh, just like we talk about with the idea that when you go to work, uh, do you have to chant that you have a house? No, you know, you have a house still. Yes. Even if you have to stay at overtime, or you mm -hmm. in Europe, you still have a knowing that you have a house. So a lot of possibilities of the head riffing are taken away because of that knowledge, yes? So this is what happens. You see a certain point and then it just leaps and then it becomes more established. Like it says in AA, you sincerely take a position. So right now you're sincerely taking the position of it's not me, it's this idea of self. But then you're going to be established in that condition, and then the effects are quite different. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's yeah. how I see it. So I'm not, because I, I tend to be a slacker at heart. So uh, I don't want to have to be watching out. I don't want to be a surveillance camera. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, I just don't. And uh, I can be at work and it can be crazy, but I'm, you know, but there is a, that knowledge doesn't get upset or affected at all that I have a house. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. So I believe if you can get a flavor of that, it's that's an important part of the message is you now have a new basis. The basis becomes the platform for all the plays and the dramas and the vacations and the things that will happen. They'll all happen on a basis. That basis is influ very influential. You won't mm -hmm. call it basis, 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 but it will affect what happens on it. Yeah? Yeah? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the new basis of trusting the infinite is going to affect how you travel through what happens on the basis. Or sort of like the play uh, that's being performed on the stage. The stage is changed, and then the play is seen differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being convinced gets sort of gets close to it in a way. How in AA, the, the beginning people really uh, push that idea of being convinced, like, man, believing yeah. certainty that you're fucked. And that's not hard. You have tons of evidence, I mean, that you were. Yeah, so, and, you know, the basic first, you know, starting the, the car of recovery, the first requirements, like putting the fuel and shit in like that, the first requirements were uh, in the beginning of the book, being convinced, you know, that uh, you're alcoholic and you cannot manage a life, being convinced that no human power could do it, but something could be, and, you know, these are all requirements that grow. These are like leaps that become foundational. And then other possibilities grow into that foundation and they're being convinced and you get to a point that you're convinced you're not this <laughs> that's being presented all day. You don't have to keep saying I'm not this and you're just convinced you're not this. Yeah. So totally. it's like you're listening to a, a radio show that has a commercial every five seconds to sell Brillo pads you're listening to the whole show, but you never buy any Brillo pads. That's <laughs> sort of what it's like. You see a comedy routine <laughs> in the news, so to speak. <laughs> and I'll yeah. tell you, someone who's with you, it may drive them crazy like Amelia. Because <laughs> I see everything in like eight Saturday Night Live skits and you just pick one or the other. <laughs> It's just funny. It's funny how so serious the head can get. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything's a big deal. Yeah, that's why I love what he said. A little, your little plans and designs. When you call them your plans and designs, they're always big. But your little plans and designs. That was a good, a good jab there. Beautiful. That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like that. That's how I see it. And if this momentum has started, there's no need for it to stop. Yeah. It doesn't ask for much, just a consent for a new manufacturing, really. Mm -hmm. That's our role here. 
false evidence appears real when the head manufactures consent. Yeah. Now I hope your experience of recovery is manufacturing consent. All you need to do is go ahead with the operation. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you have a say, you do. It's not a choice, but you're the, all there is. There's a power in us. You can see that AA in a, on, pa in, on paper is a perfect program, but if the patient has a disinterest, it can't do shit. Yeah. So we have a huge say in whatever's going on. And in a way, it's like withholding consent or giving consent. Yes. So I'm hoping the program is, is manufacturing something new in our factory, which is consent to the fact that we're fucked. Yes, that we're not managerial quality. And this, it's just, it's just the easier and softer way to go. It really is. You won't have to be dragged over pedal, pebbles and rocks as much. Yeah, You can be sitting in the car in a nice cushioned seat. Perhaps but there is no, another no way. You're going no matter what. You yeah. are going. You're either going to be dragged or driven. Yeah, But you're going. It's too late now. Right. AA has ruined your drinking, probably. Yeah, it probably thinking. has. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I heard it said once that once you know that there's no Santa Claus, you don't have you don't ever have that delusion again that there is a Santa Claus. Of course, yeah. this is being it's convinced. Yes. Being yeah. convinced. You believe something to a certain point, and now you don't believe it, and it doesn't. You don't believe it again. You may hear it, but there's not believing it. Yes. yes. How many? Well, you I've heard in your head, go to the liquor store. And how many of you didn't go to the liquor store? Something has defeated itself. Instead of being defeated by self, something defeated itself. It was trying manufacturing your consent. You did not give your consent. And this can become a habit. You get into the habit of being sober, where all the advertising and all the pleading and all the asking for a donation and this and that, you don't give consent. You just... Uh, yeah yeah and if you don't give consent it can't manufacture much it can't it may cause disease up here but at least you're not getting a 20-year prison sentence <laughs> that's an incredible advancement don't you think mm -hmm. some of the shit i did listening to thoughts got me ran over by a fucking car twice it's left them off for 38 years do i want that to leave its footprints in my life Fuck no. No, I don't. Yeah. So, and I'm convinced that it will. If I'm in certain conditions and I love to stay out of those conditions. Yeah. So my consent to the Holy Spirit or whatever you want to call it is automatic now. Consent, 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 consent. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. 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 manufacture away use me as a factory use me as a tool but that's what it means to be employed you're going to be used yeah. this new employer use me manufacture not misery but manufacture joy and service and shit like that fantastic yeah mm -hmm. i mean you're an incredible 
musical instrument. What's been playing you sucks. Yeah. You're still singing, you know, piano man at a fucking downtrodden bar. You could have been writing new songs. I know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just fucking something is say yay instead of nay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the easier, softer way. Yeah. Yay instead of nay is the easier, softer way. That's my new slogan. <laughs> you know what you said about songs, you know, right? Kind of rings close to my heart because I, I do a little amateur singer-songwriting kind of thing, and I'm noticing that as this transition is going on, that what I want to write about, what I'm drawn to write about, is changing. The lyrics are changing. You know, yes. they're more and more just about God and about awakening, about love, and it's interesting. I'm not doing anything it's just you know i'm losing interest in the old sad song i really am that's interesting yes isn't it yeah, yeah. you have the ability to observe i mean it's already there we're observing all the time yeah. it's what jacks in and then narrates the observing and gives us an interpretation and takes the life yeah it takes the living life out of life and gives you an interpretation as you as the downtrodden. I mean, I like the character of the Fonz, but not for 30 years of happy days. Fuck, you know? Just in character, maybe for a few seasons, but not 40 fucking years. <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> how many How many actors have gone to different roles. They want to expand. They don't want to play the same old, same old. What's that? In a sense, that was, that's what happens with us all day. We get the mm -hmm. same old, same old interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. All right. Thanks, bro. Yeah, good to see you, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Anyone Paul. That's all, the, no, that's all the questions for today. Would you like to say goodbyes to everyone? Yes, I will. Oh, there, there is one last question, actually. All right. If you've got time. Dan yes. H, would you hey. like to unmute yourself? Can't hear you. Can't hear you. All right. Well, let me say hello until someone comes in. Hallie, nice to see you. Uh, Giselle in Las Vegas. All right. Nice to see you, Giselle. Oh, shit. New Mexico. Hmm? We got Dana, formerly known as the Zoom user. She's here. I think Dan can speak now. All right. I don't want to interrupt the flow. I just want to say thank you for your message. You know? Thank you. You're already checking out. I, I appreciate it, man. And greetings right. from Long Island. I'm going to go sing Piano Man somewhere. <laughs> You're from Long Island? Yeah, we've talked before. We've talked, oh, yeah. Come I'm, on, ask me I'm, from out, I'm from out on the North Fork. Oh, yeah. yeah. A nice area, yeah. All right, give me what, what, is, what is it you like to ask? I just, you know, want to know is... I'm pretty sure you're going to say no because I'm, I'm sort of uh, feeling pretty stuck. 
I do a lot of stuff. Maybe I'm doing too much stuff, too many 12 step programs, maybe too much. I don't know. I don't know. Just well, how do you, what do you think? Is it too much? Yeah, I got to simplify somehow. What I think is, uh, there's your answer. It was right there in your gut. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing too much. You're you're stretched out too much and you're missing what's available by making it, trying to look at everything that's available. Yeah. Typical head thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Just chill out. Just like a lot of people I know, uh, if they go to three or four meetings a week, this like this the mental sword is blunted. If it drops down below three and they're only going one and two, there's a certain edge that starts appearing. Uh, where's the answer? Go to three or four if you can. Yeah. So a lot of time I got. We're it's time to start. Taking I got screwed up with code. I now got yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm? Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I got I got thrown off with COVID. I do a lot of Zoom stuff. I'm on, you know, a lot of different programs, a lot of, you know, and you you talk about this, you know, the how the meditation is it doing the type of meditation I'm doing is supposed to be a non doing, but I still got to go and sit there. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, like what am I? Yeah, it's hard to you know. But meditation's it, great. It's all- I'm not against meditation. I just like to use use it like everything else to see if there's the idea of being the meditator. And then if there is, bring that yeah. to six and seven. Don't let the idea Whoa. of a temple being a free zone, a self-free zone. It isn't. Self is claiming what's ever happening in the temple or the crack house. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Wait a minute. What you just said, because uh, I haven't been on for a little while, but you just said take whatever, that's, take that self who is who thinks he's the meditator, take two steps, six and seven. Yes. It I'm trying to follow they that. Take all that, of me, the good and bad. There you go. Yeah. The self and the non-self. The six and seven is, is you know, it's part of the active steps. It's the action steps. Yeah. It's not meant to be dormant. It's action is when you see stuff yeah. that you're not, bring it to it. Yeah, because there's gold in it. Yeah, the gold is being misused. Let's say, like the gold is on the bottom of the statue, so you never see it. So the fucking six and seven will reshape that, and then the gold will be pronounced instead of underemphasized. Yeah, yeah. You believe that recovery is like a recycling? Well, use it on the personal level. Six and seven. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. I do it a lot with dreams because dreams at night seem to have patterns. And usually like uh, I have everything I need to be taken care of, but I'm not being taken care of. Yeah. So when I wake up and I remember that, I just bring it to six and seven. Hey, I'm entirely ready to have this reconfigured. What? This pattern in the head. It's like a mental groove that's not responding to evidence day-to-day evidence that I'm okay. It's it's like a stubborn groove. I'm outmatched. I bring it to six and seven. And I, I like to use the word, I don't believe energy can be destroyed or anything, but I think it can be reconfigured. Yeah. So I say, I'm entirely ready to have this reconfigured. And I ask that power, humbly ask that power to do it. Yeah. 
And then I get up and go on my way. Where I see the mental grooves isn't in my day anymore. It's in the dreaming at night. So the dreaming at night produces a lot of uh, uh, manure for six and seven. Because I see patterns in the dreams. Yeah. And they usually have the pattern is somehow I'm not going to be taken care of. No matter what. Yeah. So do I want to live do I want to live with that shadow in the day? No. Well, bring it over to six and seven and let the higher power, the higher powers change my life. It can change that. That's it. It got me sober. No other human power could do that. I expect it can do a lot more than I can imagine. So here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you don't you don't want my books on Tibetan dream dream yoga then I I could send them to you. <laughs> That's a oh, joke. I mean, I think there I think people have their seat assignment. My seat assignment has okay. been to be a dumbing down, really. Yeah. I'm not saying the books are not necessary. They're not essential in this event, Paul. That's all. Yeah. That's beautiful, I, man. That's beautiful. A lot of value in it, in a lot of things. And I don't know, you know, but it's something that's valuable for some per, some, somebody in a certain condition, it will be a disservice to others. So it's not like, because we give everything all the meaning it has. The book doesn't give me a meaning. I give the book the meaning to give me a meaning. Yeah. And maybe that's over with me right now. Maybe tomorrow I'll pick up a, a, a dream book. Who knows? But rough, for right now, yeah. I have no subscriptions to any of those books. Yeah. But I, I have no nice problem time. with anything, really, as long as it's, I, because I think that what we are can use anything. Yeah, so I imagine if it wanted it, it would have that stuff in my life. Right now, it seems to uh, have a pretty uh, simple mental decor, you know? Yeah, so, but there's no- Sweet, man. Yeah. Nice, Thank nice you. to see you, bro. Uh, that's beautiful up on the North Shore, the point up there. Yeah, it's a nice area. Yeah. In uh, Rockwell Center on the South Shore. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Thank you. All right, bro. You can yeah. come on out if you're ever on this coast. I could show you around. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I may be. I'll definitely probably bypass Rockwell Center. <laughs> yeah, I always do. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. You got a mall there. Visiting the police station voluntarily because i did a lot of involuntary called <laughs> <laughs> a lot of involuntary requests be nice look at what happened i'm an old man though <laughs> all right let me see goodbye. thank you bro thank you giselle we got tom in new mexico thanks for staying for the goodbyes i like this is my favorite part we got Dana, we got Greg. Oh no, who's this? I got a, it's someone, two people from Minneapolis. I got something blocking the name, but hello. Oh, is it Greg? Hey, Greg. Oh, yeah, Greg, and, Greg and, and, uh, and Brian. Hey, Brian, nice to see you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah the, what's not happening is recruiting, it's all by itself. 
All right, good, good, good. good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we got, we got uh, Greg in Minneapolis there, Jason and down in Southern Cal, Sally, Sally, Miranda, yeah, Crispy, Nina. I used to mistake Nina for Mina and Tina, but Nina put me in my place. And I have. <laughs> Thank you for today, by the way, Paul. This was huh? like, so awesome. Oh, good, good. We got Kaiser, Kaiser, Nicholas B. Roaming up around. with hope and down with dope. Oh, yeah. Up with hope, down with dope. Admit you can't cope and, and broaden the scope. And then elope with the higher power. There you go. That's my love story. Annette. Nice to see Annette or not see Annette. There she is. Suzanne. Suzanne's iPhone. We got Oliver in Berlin. Jeff down in Southern Cal. He's inside, which is unusual. Steve taking it easy. Steve Cole in San Diego. You betcha. Chris B, Andrew, Tommy, Christine in Hawaii, the Big Island. Uh, let's see, we've got, I got to go back, I guess. Well, we've got uh, Michael Stacy, forever thankful. Mickey, Rich A, thanks, Rich, nice job. Joseph C, our friend from Portland. Anne, nice to see you, Anne. Has this, is this your first time or you've been here before? First time? Uh, I've been here before, Paul, but not for quite a while. And I just switched you on yesterday without even thinking. And it was just like, wow. Um, so I just want to thank you for that. You just blew away a lot of cobwebs for me yesterday with oh, your clarity yeah. and just, yeah. Yes. Thank you. All right. Great. Great. Much yes. Love. Thank you. We got Kelly. It was nice to see Kelly. Uh, I think I've got Andrew. I think I got everybody. Hey, thanks a lot. Pleasant afternoon. I'm morning and uh, see you guys soon. We'll be here Saturday, 1 p.m. Western, you know, Pacific time, and then live at the church in Marin City here where I live. All right. Adios. Bye, Paul. Thanks, Paul.